Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thank you for listening. We want a heart that is open. We want a posture that is open, because I believe that our response to this word this morning will be significant in the transformation that God wants to do in our lives. I sincerely believe that you, whatever you desire for God to move in your life, your response to this word today will either open the door for it or shut it. And so I'm encouraging you to say, God, whatever it is that you desire to do in me, I'm willing to lay down whatever you want me to lay down and pick up whatever you want me to pick up so that I can walk closer to you. We're continuing in our series called Follow, Learning What It Means to Be a Follower of Jesus or a Disciple of Jesus because we are recognizing that as all of us long to follow Jesus, we uh, follow him in his word and we follow his command and we look at the greatest command that he's given us as followers of Jesus and that command is to what? Make disciples. This is not a surprise. This is like, I feel like it's a shock every time I ask that question to some of you. Make disciples. I'm going to ask you every week, write it down. Write this thing down. Every week I want you to yell it louder. He's, made, he's called us to make disciples. This is his command. And so for us to make disciples, we first have to know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus. And so this is what we're looking at. We looked at the first, first couple of weeks learning to be with him. The last couple of weeks we looked at learning to listen to him. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commands. So you have to learn to listen to the Lord. You can't just say, I follow Jesus, and then follow your own way. You're not following Jesus. You're just saying you are. And so we have to learn to listen to him. Now, we started last week and are continuing in this week on learning to allow Jesus to heal us, learning to be healed by Jesus. And last week when I spoke about healing, and what I found about that is that we recognize the healing that is offered to us when we understand that Jesus even before he went to the cross, was thinking of us. Way before the foundations of the earth, God knew that there was going to be a redemption move on his behalf to redeem us back to him. And, and the way that Jesus lived his life, a normal, ordinary life, a, a life of, of, of poverty in senses, a life of suffering, he did it for us because he knew that he didn't want to come to this place where he came in and it was easy for him and we would have an excuse to say he doesn't relate to my issues. He walked this earth understanding what it means to be lonely, understanding what it means to be rejected, to be stabbed in the back by your friends, to be rejected by those who say they love you and they don't. He knows what it feels like. He knows exactly what you're going through because he went through it himself. And he was thinking of you when he went to the cross. And because he was thinking of you, that means there's a potential for us to experience the healing that he has for us because he knows exactly what you need when you need it. And this week, I'm going to look a little deeper um, into the nature of healing. So last week was more of a general sense. There is the potential to be healed by God because he knows you and he knows what you're going through. This week, I want to talk more specifically about the type of healing that God does, uh, not that he did in the past, but what he's doing here and now. The, the type of healing that he wants to pour out over us, his people. So I want to ask this question, and, and just by a show of hands, uh, I want you to answer, have you ever experienced in yourself or witnessed in yourself a physical healing or a, a miraculous healing in your own body? Has anyone ever experienced that? 
Have you, have you, awesome, there's a lot of hands. How many of you have experienced that in someone else? You've seen their body be healed, right? You've seen physical healings. So not even just beyond, not even just physical healings, but God does healing in, in our, our emotions, and our mental state. He heals us spiritually. He heals our souls, right? We've all experienced that. If you've come to know Jesus, you've experienced the healing that is internal, that heals you spiritually to your soul. And so I've seen it. And, and one thing that I want to that I want to help us grasp is that Jesus still heals today. He heals bodies physically. Do you know this? Do you believe this? It's not something that he did in, in the past to show himself, and then once we had the word, he said, I don't need to do that anymore. No, God is consistent, and he continues to do it. And I want to tell you a couple stories of it that I've seen firsthand. There was a, chan- there was a time when I was a youth pastor back in the day, if you can believe it, most of you can, that I was a youth pastor, and I took a, a group of, of kids to Mexico uh, as most youth pa- most, as most most, sorry, as most youth pastors do, we take our kids to, to Mexico before all the craziness happened and borders are closed and all this other stuff. And we were able to go down there and, and uh, one afternoon we were doing an outreach in a park and we had loud music and we began to invite people for prayer. And a lady walked forward and we couldn't speak Spanish and she couldn't speak English, but she showed us her wrist and she had a huge growth on her wrist, the size of a golf ball, massive, even maybe even larger. From, from here to here, just a large growth. And she just put her arm out. And so uh, myself and one of my youth leaders and a couple of my youth kids, we all put our hands on her wrist. And we didn't pray any fancy prayer or anything. We just said, Jesus, have mercy and show yourself strong and bring healing to her hand. And in that moment, as we all have our hands on her, whew, the lump was gone, completely gone. And a couple of my youth kids, like, were shocked. They jumped back. They're like, oh. Like, they looked like it was, it, if it was, if it was in their hand or something. They were like, is it, where'd it go? You know. <laughs> and we're like, Jesus healed you. And she just started weeping and weeping because she experienced the touch of God on her life. It was a beautiful moment. Something that I'll always remember. In a moment, God brought healing that I could physically see with my eyes. There was another moment. Maybe it's not so uh, dramatic and wonderful, but we did a, a, a youth event at the church, and I had a bunch of these blow-up uh, bounce houses and stuff, and it was a great event. But at the end of the night, uh, for some reason, all of my other volunteers left besides a couple of them, and, and only one was strong enough to help me load the truck with all the bounce. Those things are really heavy, and I only had one guy left. His name is Nick Anderson. He's actually the guy who made the, uh, our cornhole boards. And I walked up to him and said, hey, you ready to go help me load the truck? And he goes, oh, man, I did something in my back. I can't move. I can hardly breathe. It hurts so bad I pulled a muscle. And it had been a long night, and um, I, was, I was at a point of frustration. And so I didn't say any fancy prayers or anything. I said, I need your help. So in the name of Jesus, be healed. Just like that. And he goes, oh, oh, oh. He's like, yeah, I can move. I said, great, let's get to work. And we went outside and we went, loaded the whole truck and we got it all on the truck. We got it delivered back to the, back to the place we had to take it back. And it wasn't, it wasn't something, and I, was, I felt a little guilty. I was like, I was kind of angry in that prayer. I was a little <laughs> frustrated. But God, uh, in his goodness and in his mercy, had compassion not only on Nick but on me because I could not load those things at all. And I probably would have gave myself a hernia trying to do it, you know, knowing myself. And so God moved, and I know that God's done it before. God's touched Rosie in one of our, win- our women's Wednesday night Bible studies, and she needed prayer, and, and immediately God healed her. We've seen on Wednesday nights when we've had our summer nights that are going to be beginning again in June and July, we've seen healings happen. 
where people just laid hands on people and they received healing. And so God is a miracle-working God. God is a God who heals. God is compassionate and he's merciful and he wants to heal. Touch my son right now for doing, what are you doing? Come on, Bubba. Are you okay? Okay. Bless him, Jesus, because he's about to get a spanking. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. He's lucky he's sweet. Uh, but God heals. God is a merciful God. He's a compassionate God. Just like my son ran to me. Perfect sermon illustration. Maybe the great timing. God invites us to run to him. He is not an angry father. He is not angry. He's not ready to, he's not ready to discipline you because you've messed up. He invites you to come to him. And God does that. And so, does he always heal when we ask? No, he doesn't. He doesn't always bring healing when we ask it. He doesn't always do everything that we think that he should do. Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are greater than our ways. We don't always know when he's going to do it and if he's going to do it. But I do know that he, 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 he always wants us to ask anyway. He wants us to bring our needs, our concerns, our issues to him because he wants to know them. And one thing I do know that he will always respond to is a heart that is longing for him. And even if he doesn't bring a physical healing in the moment that you ask for it, he will always bring you a spiritual healing in the moments you need him to. A heart that says, God, I want to be free. God, I want to know you. He can bring you to life in a moment. There's a story in Matthew chapter 9, if you have your Bibles. Matthew chapter 9, 1 through, 1 through 8, and it talks about a paralyzed man who couldn't get to Jesus. So his friends gather him up on his mat and they walk him and they realize the house that Jesus is in is so crowded they can't get him close. So they climb up to the roof and begin to rip off the thatching off the roof and begin to lower their friend down so that he can see Jesus and meet Jesus. And in that passage of scripture, it says that when Jesus saw their faith, say their faith, he said to the paralytic, the paralyzed man, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Now, there's two things that stick out to me in this passage of Scripture. The first one is this. It wasn't the paralyzed man's faith that Jesus saw. It was his friends. It was his friend's faith that Jesus saw. What does that remind me of? It reminds me that my faith and my devotion, your faith and your devotion could be the very thing someone needs to receive the touch of Jesus that they need in their life. That your praise, your worship, your devotion to Jesus could be the very thing your friend needs and your mother needs and your, your children need and your coworkers need. They, they, there's a faith that you can carry for someone else to encounter the love of Jesus. I see that in the story. The second thing that pops out to me is that he came to Jesus for a physical healing and received a spiritual one first. Some people don't know what they're looking for for Jesus and they, don't, they just know their life is jacked up. And I don't want to live like this anymore. So God, if you would take this away from me. Some of them are just almost, uh, it's almost a selfish prayer. God, if you'll do this, then I'll do that kind of a sense. But Jesus is just saying, just come to me and let me do the work I want to do in you first. And so Jesus brought him salvation, freedom for, from sin in a moment before he touched his body. I know it to be true that the greatest miracle that you and I could ever experience is being born again. That's the greatest miracle. Think about it. You were dead in sin. 
lost in darkness, and in a moment, Jesus transformed you into light and brought you back to life. There has been a resurrection in your own body in the spirit world. Jesus brought you from death into life, and so if he can do that in the spirit, there is nothing impossible in the physical. If he can transform you from a sinful, bitter, broken person into a loving, forgiven, and grace-filled individual, there is nothing impossible for our God. If he can change me as the man I was into the man that I am becoming, there is nothing impossible for Jesus. And the same is true for you. He brought you from death to life. It's the greatest healing that anyone could ever receive. It's the healing of our soul. And if God can do it, nothing is impossible. And here's the beautiful thing, though. God wants to touch you spiritually, and he also wants to touch you physically. And this is what he told the Pharisees, because in the Pharisees, in that passage of Scripture, they, they, they began to reject Jesus' authority to do what he had done for this paralyzed man. They began to say, who is this individual who says he can forgive sin? He's a blasphemer. He's putting himself in the place of God. That's right, because he's God. And he says to them in verse 6, that you might know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He turned to the paralytic and said, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. See, I believe that the, the, our physical healing is a means to an end. What do I mean by that? It means that one day... Even if we receive all the healing that we can receive in our bodies, one day, we're still going to die. Right? Physically, yeah, our bodies are going to die one day. We're not going to live forever in these bodies until they're transformed in, into a resurrected body or in a transformed body. So our physical healing is a means to an end. What's the, what is the end that Jesus is trying to get us to by physical healing? It's a, it's, he, what he's trying to show is that he has authority on earth to forgive sin. He has the authority to save. He has the authority to bring us from death to life. This is what he told, so that, the, so that you would know that I have authority over the enemy and over the sin that's in your life, I'm going to heal his body right now. And so physical healing, Jesus works in a manifestation of healing people so that he can reveal to them that he is the way, the truth, and the life. This is who he is. This is what he does. Sam, I didn't talk to you, but do you have a video that I sent you? Are you able to show that right now? Let's, let's watch this video real quick. It's not going to work. All right, that's fine. All right, what is that, what's that uh, site called where people just cook on and talk to random people? What's it called? Obeagle? Omegle? Omegle? It's kind of weird, right? It's very strange. People just go on there and a screen pops up and it's a random person from wherever. They don't know where they're at. Huh? You, you got it? All right, you want to try again? Okay. Why do you believe in Muhammad? I'll tell you why I believe Jesus. I used to be really, really sick. I had symptoms all over my body. One night I called on the name of Jesus. I felt this peace enter my heart and God spoke to me. He said, you're not going to die, but you're going to live. And you're going to talk to people of what I'm going to do in your life. I'm not here to debate with you. 
I'm not here to force you to believe in Jesus. I wanted to share to you my story because that's why I believe in Jesus. Do you have uh, pain on your lower back? Does your back hurt? Because I have a I have a friendship with Jesus. I want to pray for your back. I want to pray, Father, right now. I command the pain on my friend's back to leave right now in Jesus' name. Move your back to test it out. It feels good? <laughs> That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Somebody halfway around the world encountered the love of Jesus through physical healing. Jesus reveals himself to a world that is looking for truth, and often he'll do it through healing their bodies. And so for us as a church, we have to recognize that God has not stopped moving in this way. God has not stopped from reaching out to people and meeting them in the need that they have in those moments. And so that individual who didn't know Jesus and didn't believe in Jesus, as he began to pray for this other man, he encountered the love of Jesus. And he now is revealed Jesus is alive and Jesus is a healer. The, the gentleman on, on the lower side, his story is he's, he was 15 years old. He was raised in church his whole life. But in, at 15, he, was, he was, had sores up and down his esophagus inside of his stomach from, from lupus. And he cried out to Jesus and Jesus healed him. And from that moment, he began to, he just goes on there all, like all the time. And he just, people come up and he's like, don't click off. I have something to tell you. Jesus loves you. Because it's a really quick, I mean, people are like, you're weird. And they'll, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. But um, he's spreading the love of Jesus that way. And even to the Muslim world, halfway around the world, Jesus is touching in a moment. That's how powerful prayer is. Jesus wants to reveal himself in that way. And Jesus moves in healing because he's compassionate. And because it, it shows that he has authority not only to heal our bodies, but to heal our souls and to forgive our sin. And there is something to be said with the connection between our faith and healing. There is a connection between having faith to be healed and Jesus moving in healing. Now, is it 100% that way? Does it just mean whatever you believe for, whatever you have enough faith for, God will do? No, that's not how it works. But, there, but faith creates the space for Jesus to move if he so desires. It would, be, it would be detrimental. And this has happened in the church where there are church people who say, you're, the reason you're still sick is because you don't have enough faith. That's not scriptural. That's unbiblical, and it's, it's demeaning, and it belittles the person who's actually suffering in their sickness. You don't think they want to be healed? Come on. Of course they do. So it, it is, that's, not what the, that's, what, that's not what we're talking about here when we say your faith, it brings healing. When Jesus says your faith has healed you, when we read it in the scripture, it's not solely up to us, but our faith creates the space if God is going to move in that way for him to move. And so... What we are simply saying is that sometimes God's plans are different than our plans. But even so, we still pray, God, release, release your healing. Pour out your spirit on us. And in moments when he doesn't heal, we hold on to what, what Jesus had Paul write in Romans 8.28. that says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Jesus doesn't say, he doesn't promise us that everything we experience will be good, but he says he will cause all things to work for our good, for those who love God. So when you come to Jesus, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be 
rainbows and butterflies and all pain is going to go away and, and all uh, relational issues are going to be solved in a moment and, and your bills are going to get paid and, and you're going to have all these things work out and, and it's going to be just wonderful all the time. But he does say that he will cause them to work together for your good. And sometimes when he doesn't re uh, release healing power over things that we've been praying for and asking for, we just have to believe that even in those moments, he's going to work it out for our good. But my question is then, if that's the case, then how do we pray for healing? And when should we do it? When should we pray for Jesus to, be, to release healing power and the Holy Spirit to touch someone's body? And, and uh, how do we do it? How do we ask for prayer, for healing for ourselves and for others? And when should we do it? This is what I want you to write down. The first point I want to make to you today is that when, whenever there's a need for healing, ask for healing. Whenever there's a need, ask for it. If someone's sick, if someone's depressed, if someone's overwhelmed, if someone's on their deathbed, if someone is demon-possessed, if someone is anxious, whatever it might be, if there's a need there, ask for God's healing touch. Ask for Jesus to pour out his spirit on that person. This is what Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he'll give him a serpent? And if you then, who are evil, and in evil he's talking about in, in relation to God's goodness, and compared to God, we're all evil. And if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. See, we don't do the healing. We just ask for it to come. That's a, there's a note that I need to make sure that we understand that when someone comes to us for healing and if, if God opens that door and you have someone who is sick and you're going to pray for them, the, the tendency is to be very timid in your prayer for healing. And the way the timidity is shown is typically we pray like this. God, we ask that you touch my brother, my sister, so and so, if it's your will, if, if you want to, just your will be done. And it sounds good because we want to pray the will of the Father. But in actuality, what we're doing is we're giving ourselves a caveat in case God doesn't heal that person. Because we think that the results are based on us, not on him. And so we begin to pray very timidly. We, we pray almost as if we're shy instead of asking in boldness and asking uh, with, with some, some tenacity and, and asking that, that God would move in power with some audacity as if that healing is already there and it just needs to be released by our touching of that individual. That God wants to, but he's partnering with us to release healing in that person. And when we have an opportunity to pray for somebody for healing, we pray with boldness. We say, in the name of Jesus, have mercy on my brother or my sister and touch their body now in the name of Jesus. We surrender their body to you. Bring everything back into alignment, whatever it is. If there's something going on, man, I, I rebuke that sickness in the name of Jesus by the authority of Christ in me. And I command it to flee now. You take authority over it. You pray in boldness. If it doesn't happen, it's not up to you anyway. You're just asking for him to come. If the results aren't there, you say, man, I'm still believing for a healing. I'm still believing that God's going to touch your body. I'm still believing in faith that God will do it. 
and we trust that he is good and he knows what he's doing, but we, we don't have to pray with, with timidity, trying to give our way out as if it was up to us anyway. So I want to I wanna encourage you, when you pray for someone, and if they need, they're, they're coming to you asking for healing or for a touch from, from Jesus, pray with the knowledge and understanding that he is merciful and he's compassionate and he desires for people to know him. And oftentimes he reveals himself through a manifestation of healing and miracles. And so we ask for those things in the name of Jesus. We're, we're going to be bold. We have to be audacious, not timid, because it's up to God. The, the results are up to him. And God is the giver of, of the gifts. And he's the one who gives the gifts to heal. And he's the one who sustains them. And he's the one who determines how they'll be used in his, for his purpose. So we don't try to protect our own reputation by praying a timid prayer. I would rather be known as the person who prays fanatical prayers than the one who prays soft, timid prayers. Oh, don't go to that person. They're not even going to really pray for you anyway. They say, hey, it might be crazy, but homeboy, he'll lay hands on you and he'll, he'll call heaven down for you. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you go at your own risk. We don't know. I would rather be known as that kind of person that said, he might be able to touch heaven for you in some way. So go and pray. Let, let him lay hands on. Let him pray for you. I want to be that. I want to have that reputation in our city. And I want our church to have that reputation as well. That we are not afraid to pray for a miracle from heaven for people. Because it's up to him. He's the one who does it. It's not our reputation. It's his. And we trust him. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture but I'm trying to help us understand the desire for Jesus to move even today in miracles, signs, and wonders. It starts in verse 4. It says this, There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of service, but the same Lord. There's a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So he gets the glory. It's his, it's his name that's on it. Verse 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another the faith in the same Spirit, to another gifts, listen, gifts of healing. That means that healing can work in different ways. It can look differently because there's multiple gifts of healing, not just one. There are gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Who knows what God wants to do in you and through you. And you might have this, the, the manifestation of the Spirit who's gifted you in this way. But because of fear, you stop from praying in boldness because you're not quite sure. Can I tell you that if you love Jesus and you've surrendered your heart to him, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you with the Spirit so that you would flow out of, uh, he would flow out of you and minister to other people for the common good of all, to edify and build up the body, to encourage one another in the faith. It is the will of the Father that you and I would be filled with the Spirit and operate in the gifts that he has given us, given us to benefit us all. Jesus not only brought us healing through his sacrifice on the cross, spiritual, both spiritual and physical, but he also has equipped us to reveal his love by the manifesting work of the Holy Spirit inside all of us. Not only has he brought healing to your door, but now he says, open the door, 
put it on, and now walk out with it. This is what he tells the disciples as he, he sends them out in Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 1. We read that Jesus gives the disciples over authority over the enemy to cast out devils and to heal every kind of disease. And as he sends them out, he tells them in verse 7, he says, and proclaim as you go. Does that sound familiar? As you go, as you are going, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You've received without paying, give without pay. Another translation says, freely you have received, freely give. And that phrase, as he's telling his disciples to go out, he says, as you go, begin to proclaim these things. It's the same phrasing that we see at the end of Matthew in chapter 28, as he's telling his command to his disciples, as you are going, make disciples. Most translations say, go and make disciples. But the go is, as you are already in the journey of life, make disciples. And he sends his disciples, says, as you're on your journey, as I send you out, proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. And begin to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. That same authority that he put on them, now he puts on us. And he says, you have freely received it, now freely give it away. And some of us, you're still struggling to receive it. It is a free gift from God to touch your bodies and to bring healing. And as you receive it, God also says, now give it away. My second point this morning is freely you have received, freely give. God does not bless you to hoard the blessing. God blesses you to bless others. And I'm sure that you've heard this saying before, hurt people hurt people. Anybody heard that before? It means that we're all broken, and if, and if we remain in our brokenness, we'll long to break others. Misery loves company. Broken people love to be with broken people and stay in their brokenness. But the opposite is true when you've been touched by Jesus. And Jesus would say it this way, healed people heal people. If you've been touched by Jesus, God has put his healing power inside of you. You've been healed. You've had a spiritual healing from death to life. And now he says, go heal others. Obviously, it's not us that does the healing, but it's the spirit of God within us that reveals the healing power to people. Spiritual, physical, mental, emotional. Everybody, we're all jacked up. We need to be healed by Jesus. Do you agree? Yes. Not one of us has anything in order in the right way. We are all messed up. And the only saving grace is that we look to Jesus and we, and we long for Jesus. And there will be people in your life that says, it's okay what you're going through. I'm going through it too. Let's just stay in it. It feels good. It feels comfortable. We identify with it. This is who we are now. Jesus said, I didn't, I didn't call you to remain in the darkness, in the dungeon, in the pit, in the brokenness. I called you out of it. See, the enemy loves for you to stay in your bondage. But Jesus has come to set you free. And now that you've been set free, God says, now tell others they can be free too. Our God is a loving, compassionate God. And he wants to share with us the joy of experiencing someone coming to know him and being healed by him. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. When you pray for somebody and they receive a touch from Jesus and their eyes are open, they say, wow, this... This is real. There's a joy. And God loves us so much that he allows us to partner with him to experience that as well. He invites us to be a part of what he's doing in the earth. And sometimes healing is immediate. 
like the woman in Mexico. Sometimes it's over time. Sometimes it's partial and then fulfilled later. And we don't know why he does it that way. But we know the one who is doing it. So we don't know when he's going to do it, how he's going to do it, but we know that he can. And so we ask him. That's what we do this morning. As the worship team comes, and I draw our time to a close. Griffin running up here <laughs> this morning it reminds me he has a little Strider bike. If anybody knows what those are, they are like balance bikes. They have no pedals on it. There's no chains or anything. And he loves it because he has the balance down and he can just kick and kick and kick and glide on that bike down the street. But he loves it so much that oftentimes he'll run out barefoot and jump on it and kick and kick and kick and glide. It doesn't have any brakes though, so for him to stop, he drags his feet. And often, he's doing that on cement or blacktop, and he's cutting his toes. Every time, his big toe on his left foot is always cut right by the toenail, always. And he always comes in and says, Daddy, I have an owie, pray for it. I'll pray for it. And before, he would say, the next morning, he'd wake up, look at it, and if it was still a little red, he'd say, look at me and say, Jesus didn't heal me. Jesus didn't heal me. So I went into this full explanation about how God created our bodies to heal if we'll stop doing the things that continue to hurt them, right? It's very deep and theological. I was like, listen, you keep going back to the same things. You keep, I'm all, son, you need to repent and turn your life to Jesus. No, I just kept saying, look, you, you keep injuring yourself in the same way. He made your body to heal and recover, but you keep wounding yourself. So you need to stop doing that. And he'd be like, ah, Jesus didn't heal it, you know. But now, and just, just the other day, he started doing this. Now when he wakes up, and I thought it was, wow, so beautiful. He looks at it, and it's, I mean, it's not profound for a three-year-old, but it's pro, it was profound for me. He looked at his toe, and he looked at me, and he said, Jesus is healing me. Jesus is healing me. He knew that it wasn't completely healed yet, and he probably knew it was going to happen again tomorrow, the same day. But he had this idea that Jesus is healing. And today, I want to remind you that Jesus is healing you. Even if you're not fully walking in the healing that you think you need or you want or you desire, Jesus is at work in you. Jesus is bringing healing to you today. And there is healing. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, there is healing of salvation to your heart. He wants to heal your soul and your spirit today. He wants to touch you and bring you into right relationship with God. If you need physical healing, I believe that God is here this morning to meet you and touch your bodies in a profound way. If you need emotional healing or mental healing or relational healing, I believe that all of those are found in the person of Jesus. And we are going to ask this morning that the Holy Spirit would come and meet you right where you're at, believing that nothing is impossible for him. And if there's any need that you have this morning, I'm going to pray heaven over you, that God is going to touch you. And our prayer team is going to come, and they're going to pray heaven over you with boldness and tenacity, with audacious prayers, believing that God can set you free in a moment and heal whatever needs to be healed in your body. Heal whatever needs to be healed in your mind, in your emotions, in your relationships, believing that Jesus is here to touch you today. The Holy Spirit is here now to bring his healing. It might be immediate. We're going to lay hands on you. It might be immediate. You might feel a change in your body. We might lay hands on you, and you might not feel anything now. But when you get home, you might feel it. Or maybe next week or next month, you begin to 
okay, I don't have that anymore, or that, that men, mental anguish I used to have, or that, that struggle I'm having, it's, it's not affecting me the way it used to anymore. Believing that what we pray for now is going to set something into motion. I told you this morning, the way that you ha- your posture this morning for, to receive what God has for you and to give up what God wants you to give up is going is to determine what you receive in this message today. And I'm believing that God is wanting to do it powerfully. He wants to move powerfully in your life today. Our job is to ask, and we'll see what he's going to do. I'm excited. I have, expecta- I have great expectation that Jesus is going to meet you at the altar today, and the Spirit of God is going to pour out over your life. I, I try to give you a memory verse through this series, and I have this one I want you to write down. I want you to memorize it, and I want you to focus on it this week, and then we're going to pray. It's Matthew 7, 7 and 8. I read it already, the portion of it. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Church, would you stand to your feet this morning? As our prayer team comes, are you ready to seek? Are you ready to ask? Are you ready to knock this morning? What is it that you need to encounter the love of Jesus in? What needs to be surrendered to Jesus? What needs to be healed by Jesus? Because he's here ready to meet with you today. If you heard the sound of my voice, with every head bowed and every eye closed, If you don't have a relationship with Jesus where you've surrendered your life to him and said, I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to just say I'm something. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to obey you. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, he says simply to ask and you'll receive eternal life. Believe in your heart that Jesus is God, the Son of God who died for you, who rose from the dead. Believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth today that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says that you will be saved in a moment. You give your life to Jesus and then we're going to help you walk it out because it's not just a prayer, it's a lifestyle that we do together. So if that's you this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, those of you who are online right now, if you want to give your life to Jesus, it's the greatest miracle you'll ever receive. He's going to come into you. He's going to breathe life into you. You're going to experience the goodness of God as you surrender your life to him. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand all over this house this morning. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you who raised your hands, would you just come on down and come down front? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want you to find somebody to pray with. You can pray. If you want to come down and pray with these. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer team, I'm going to have you uh, lead them and have them repeat after me. Church, would you pray this as well? Would you stretch your hands forward? as God is doing a miracle work in their lives right now. 
Would you repeat this after me? Say, Jesus, today I surrender my heart. Today I give you my life. And today I put my trust in you. I need you, Jesus, to save me, to transform me, help me to know you, to love you, and to obey your word. Thank you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. I turn from it now, and I turn to you. I declare you are the Son of God. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. I love you. Thank you for saving me. Help me to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Sojourn,